0: Destroy hotline. Alicia, Michael,
2: what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. I'm actually surprised that your
3: rant line, rave line, whatever, isn't completely full. Why can't we just win a game?
0: Can I blame Michael Castillo for this?
3: Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Can, can I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Scratch, claw, up against the wall.
0: Can't
1: explain that what I'm
3: feeling right now, guys. Let's
2: open up that rave line. Woohoo! Oh, I can't believe USC is going to do the same thing again year after year. Oh, no. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Reign of Troy Radio. This is a mailbag coming to you on Saturday, April 18th, the final day of spring camp bottom um, tish well, or, n- or not, uh,
3: or should that have been a wah wah wah? Something like that. Uh, we're gonna do a mailbag
2: since we are here still in the heart of COVID 19 season, uh, and the global pandemic. We're gonna answer your questions about USC football and so much more. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Rain of Troy, like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Rain of Troy. Be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Overcast, Google Play, and Spreaker. Our bonus episodes are on Patreon, patreon.com slash Reign of Troy. Our email address is Reign Troy at fanside.com And our phone number is 213-373-1USC. Alicia, Mr. Q, what did you do? 1-USC. Uh,
3: Second What's Sparoon Show. <sighs> 213
2: 373 one USB. USC,
3: suck it, what's Bruin show.
2: I'm your host, Michael Castillo, joined along with my co-host here in the Rated Troy studios as we quarantine throughout this thing, Elisa dartola
3: Hello, everybody. I apologize for missing my cue, but in my defense, I was pulling up uh, some information on my phone about a topic that we need to discuss before we get into the mailbag, so it was for a good cause. All right.
2: That works, that works.
3: One of those things
2: that we need to discuss before we get into the mailbag, presumably JT Daniels entering the transfer portal, his name's not JT Transfer, but JT Daniels, uh, he enters the transfer portal on Thursday, uh, a day after we do our most recent podcast, in which we called him sort of a a benefactor of the whole sports being canceled kind of thing. And here he is testing out the waters. Uh, We've talked about it. You know, we had like a 30-minute podcast over on Patreon as a snap take. Uh, I don't want to go completely into that, but I I think our too-long-didn't-read kind of assessment is we were shocked at first. And then after, we thought, actually, this this is not really news. This is just him doing his due diligence because of a potential NCAA rule change.
3: Yeah, the NCAA is looking at allowing a one-time transfer exception so that any college football player can transfer. Uh, the first time they transfer, they won't have to sit out a year. They, they won't face that penalty. So if that happens, then JT Daniels should absolutely have an idea of where he could possibly right. go ahead of a fall camp to potentially win a starting job for this coming fall if the season does happen. Um if that happens, then that'll that'll be something that he'll have to address. If it doesn't happen, all the indications from Ryan Carte, Ryan Abraham, everybody who's reporting on this is saying that if the NCAA waiver doesn't come through, or I guess the exception doesn't come through, or if they vote yes on it and then don't have it start until next year, then JT will probably stick it out, try to win the job back in fall camp, and worst comes to worst, take over for Keaton is if there's an injury or, or something else happens. So. Doesn't really change the equation that much. No, except for this NCAA ruling, which could have bigger impact on everybody than just JT Daniels. Because if, right. if if they allow this to happen immediately, then more players from USC could opt to leave, and more players could opt to come to USC as a result. Yeah. So there, there there will be bigger fish to fry um, potentially if if that happens. So JT Daniels is just ahead of the curve, I guess, in in getting ready for that whole thing. So. Big deal, not a big deal, like simultaneously? Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's it's pretty procedural at this time. The transfer portal doesn't mean that you leave. It just means that you're open to contact. So uh yeah, we we've got a bunch of questions on it, so I don't wanna talk too much about it here in the open, but that that's that's where we stand.
3: Yeah, pretty much. The the other big topic to discuss is about a big person who just committed to USC. You're talking about Maximus? Maximus Gibbs, great name, great name. I, I like it. Uh, Maximus Gibbs is a six foot six, three hundred and sixty pound offensive tackle from St. John Bosco.
2: Your name would be Maximus Gibbs if those were your measurements.
3: That is, you know, sometimes the names just work out. You don't want to name your kid Maximus and then have him be like five six, you know, and and a little skinny pole. No, you got you got like. Six foot six, 360 pounds, you're wearing the name Maximus Wright.
2: Not at USC. there's no no names.
3: Well, no names on the back, but like Maximus Gibbs, great football name.
2: 100%. Also and, uh... intriguing
3: football player. Um, He's a three-star offensive tackle, but this is something that's that's obviously going to come up because every time there's a three-star commitment, there's always the, oh, it's just a three-star commitment or whatever. But like you look into this one, and it's it's more than a three star commitment in the sense that he ranks um, 533rd nationally right now. I think he's gonna rise in the in the rankings um, just because he is that big, and he has had to shed weight, and he's had to get better athletically and be able to move more. And he can, he's done that as he's gotten slimmer. Um, but so SC isn't gonna get him at his maximum. <laughs> Hopefully, they're going to get him at his. Maximus peak as opposed to Maximus size Um, But the thing to consider When you're looking at offensive tackles In this class The West doesn't really produce A lot of big time offensive tackles And this year in particular Offensive tackles in the state of California Are They're they're not super available So if you're going to scoff at a three star offensive tackle You're going to scoff at literally every offensive tackle That USC could sign out of the state because they have the commitment of the the top three, the top-rated offensive tackle in the state. USC has the commitment from Mason Murphy, and he's a three-star recruit. So uh, Maximus Gibbs is the fourth-best offensive tackle in the class from California, but the two guys that are ahead of him are both sort of 6 foot 4 kind of guys they're not the the mold that USC looks for for their the air raid with the you want height long arms all that kind of stuff in a pass heavy offense and neither of them even have a scholarship offer from USC or any major programs really um, So, that's sort of where they stand. Maximus Gibbs, on the other hand, even though he's rated a little bit lower than those guys, he had offers not just from USC, but from Alabama, from Oklahoma, from Georgia. Like, top-tier programs were offering this kid. So, again, I caution anyone about scoffing too hard just because they see three-star, because if you d- dive a little deeper... There is more to the story there, and if you're gonna take a chance on a three-star dude, this is the dude that you do. Like this is the guy that you find at that's in that three-star range going into his senior year of high school, and you get him committed before he starts to blow up in the fall because I think that's what's gonna happen.
2: Yeah, there you go. That's the whole point of uh, of those three stars: get depth, or you take a flyer on them early on and see if they can progress as they get into their senior season. But Alicia, we got a bunch of questions in the mailbag, so let's get to them. We'll be right back. All right, Alicia, we'll start with a Slack message we got from Dave in Orange County. He says, Matt Bank entered the transfer portal and came back. Sears entered the portal and still hasn't transferred yet. Now there's JT... Is this just the go to move for any non starter quarterback in D1 football now? If you're not an immediate starter, look to bail? Question mark.
3: I mean, I think people need to get used to this idea that transfers are the new normal. I think somebody pointed out three of the four quarterbacks in the college football playoff this past season. Yeah, that was me. Were transfers. Mm-hmm. You've pointed that out several times. Joe Burrow, a transfer. Jalen Hurts, a transfer. Um, I, I want to say that there's some stat. I can't remember exactly how long it's been.
2: But something about the there's been at least one or two five star quarterback transferring transfers every single year for like the last six or seven years.
3: Yeah, so it's happens k- all the time. It's kind of the normal here. The difference is, and this is where I think that J T Daniels falls into a slightly different category. His situation is 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 uniquely strange. So he was a starter as a freshman, not an outstanding starter, but still a starter. And he uh, did okay for a freshman. I compared his numbers to Matt Barkley's freshman year. It wasn't like he did anything that said he needed to be overthrown at the end of the year. Um, He won the job back and played a half of football and was prepared to be the starter at USC for 2019 until he blew out his knee. So he blows out his knee and it just so happens that the kid behind him is this random three-star kid that was brought up by Kurt Warner and fits everything that Graham Harrell does and is just this savant in the air raid. And he goes off and sets records for USC and JT's put in a situation where all of a sudden the starting job that he thought he had is no longer there. So like, I don't know that he he's not bailing on USC under the normal circumstances of, oh, he just got beat out, so he's bailing. He's right. bailing under the circumstances of he got majorly Wally pipped, yeah. and that sucks for him. like He,
2: he got Jacob Eason, actually. Yeah. It's, it's really the same situation. Jacob Eason starts 13 games for Georgia in 2016, puts up numbers that are pretty comparable to what JT did, Right. Through for 2,400 yards, passer rating of a buck twenty. I think JTs was what $130, 128 something like that. Um, very but similar ish numbers. Comes back in twenty seventeen, wins the starting job out of fall camp, but immediately gets hurt, and then this guy named Jake Fromm takes the job and takes Georgia to the national championship game. And they go out and sign five star Justin Fields. Yeah. So if you're Jacob Eason, like, what are your options? You, you, you kind of got to go. And JT Daniels is, is in a similar similar boat. Mind you, he can still go out there and beat, beat Keaton Slovis, but to do so, he'd have to be healthy right now, and there'd have to be football right now. There is no football right now, and he's not healthy. So it only makes sense for him to, in the grand scheme of things, it makes sense that for him to play as quickly as possible, And that's what this move about going in the transfer portal is. If they change the rules to where you can play immediately, then this is his chance to go now. If not, then his most likely chance of playing anywhere in 2020 is at USC. If he either beats out Keaton Slovis or Keaton Slovis gets hurt. Um, If not, it's being a graduate transfer and playing immediately in 2021, which we always thought was going to be the thing for him. So, I don't think much of this thing. Th- this changes. Think Sears and JT all have gone the same route here, but they're all completely different situations.
3: Yeah, and that's and that's where it goes to show how most scenarios are unique to themselves, and their right. different uh, criteria and different standards are being applied to sort of what one person's decision is versus another, but. Um, I, I think also at the same time, you have to accept that this is the way that college football is going to go, regardless of how this transfer stuff works out. Dudes are just transferring and they're yeah. they're trying to find their best place. And arguably, you look at it and you say, like, is, is Max Brown the po- poster boy for get out early and find somewhere where you can play? Because Max Brown waited his turn. He waited patiently and he got to his moment and he lost it. And he had nothing to show for it. So, like, I mean, I guess he has a USC degree, and you know he's doing okay. So he does have something to show for. It. But like from a football perspective, would not have Max Brown been better off just leaving USC after a year once he realized that he wasn't going to win the starting job that that time? I mean, I know no one wants to like think of things this way, but at the same time, if Max Brown were around now, that's what he'd be looking to do. You'd have to imagine.
2: Probably, uh, and the other thing is, you look at Fink, you look at Sears, you look at JT. I think the most normal progression that any of those guys have had is probably Jack Sears, right? Of the re- of the reasons that quarterbacks transfer in general, Jack Sears is is the most uh, the most popular situation. He's transferring because he lost the job. Yes, uh, he, but he, he lost I mean, the battle. No, he lost the battle, not lost the job. Uh, Matt Fink was transferring because. He had reached his ceiling and his ceiling was reached at USC. It just, there wasn't any more room for him, right? And, and Jack Sears was, he lost the battle and it was time for him to go. Uh, and then JT has the injury situation. Plus, he, he gets Wally Pipped in a situation that no one expected. N- you know, nobody expected Keaton Slovis to put up those numbers. I think when, I, I don't think that I'm crazy when I say that when Keaton Slovis committed to USC, my first thought was, this is a kid who will never, never play.
3: Yeah, we might have even said that on the podcast. Like he, we, we called him the Matt Fink of the. Yeah, he was gonna the, be the Matt Fink. A, he's a filler quarterback that you need to have on your roster just to have him there. Right. And because he's a three star, he's not gonna leave because he's not the starter. Like that's why you sign the three star quarterback, right? So, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's this is the this is just. The randomness of of the way things work out is USC hit a home run on the three star guy, and that means that the the five star guy is is in 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 a different position. If JT was a three star guy, maybe he would be fine with his lot of just being the backup. But he's not. He's the five star guy, and the five star guys are gonna go find somewhere to play.
2: Yeah, one hundred percent. We got two tweets that are pretty similar. So I'm gonna read them now. First one comes from Williams William Stein. Did USC have an open competition for this upcoming quarterback battle? Why would JT Daniels enter the transfer portal without competing against Keaton Slovis in the practice field? And then Richie says, does JT know that he can't win the starting job back, and that is why he's leaving? This has nothing to do—the transfer portal thing now has nothing to do with Keaton Slovis. The transfer portal thing now has all to do with the change in the NCAA rules that is potentially going to come down next month. That could put, that would allow transfers to play immediately. I, I think everything that that people have said about JT, everything JT has said himself, he wanted to. He was totally down with battling out with Keaton Slovis. It's not like he's scared of the competition. He wants to play football as early as possible, which is what any competitor wants. And so his route to do that is either stay here in 2020 and compete beat out Keaton Slovis or wait for him to get hurt or find a situation to transfer and play immediately, whether it be this year because of the new transfer rule, if that changes next month or somewhere else next year.
3: See, and this is where I disagree because I think this has everything to do with Keaton Slovis. Well, everything to do with Keaton, Keaton Slovis, Slovis in general. S- such but... a, well, I mean, no, I agree. The timing of this is all about the NCAA yeah, transfer portal. That's what I mean. But the fact of the matter is Keaton Slovis isn't in the transfer portal. Right. Because it's not a question of competition. It's a question of who is the starter. And I'll tell you right now, Keaton Slovis is the starter. He's starting from the place of being the number one guy. And JT Daniels knows he has an uphill battle to climb and that uphill battle may be out of his control because there is a scenario where he does literally everything he could possibly do in practice to be the best quarterback he can possibly be and he could still not be the starter because Keaton Slovis keeps pace with him. So it's not, you know, it's like it's like the tie goes to the runner situation where the tie is going to go to Keaton Slovis. And if you're JT Daniels, the, the, the odds then that you will be USC's starting quarterback even if you do your best that you can possibly do, work as hard right. as you can possibly work, it's still pretty low.
2: Right, but but the reason he's in the portal is not him shying away from competition. That's what I mean.
3: No, no, no. He's in the portal because he needs to... Because the, the, he wants again, to play immediately,
2: as, as soon as possible.
3: Because the reality whatever is... Whatever it is. And I don't think he's been told that Keaton is the guy. I don't think he... I, but you gotta be... If we can he's all see the stupid. writing on the yeah. wall, he can see the writing on the wall. Yeah, like he watched Keaton all last year. He knows what Keaton did. Yeah, so it's not like he watched Keaton and went like, "Man, he sucks." No, he had to watch Keaton and say, "Man, this this kid, this kid has it." And yeah. through no fault of my own, I am not going to knock him off his perch.
2: Yeah, uh, we we also got a tweet from uh, MC in Palmdale with JT adding his name to the Panzer portal. What does that do to our quarterback depth? Uh, we, we talked about this on Patreon. It, it's interesting because you always want three scholarship quarterbacks. You want three. You definitely want three. This is why USC needed to take a quarterback in the 2020 class because there was always going to be a chance this off season well, that JT Daniels or Matt Fink
3: leaves can and, I and transfers. In, can I jump yeah. in real quick here because it's an aside? But isn't this an argument for... It's not that you need to take a quarterback in the twenty twenty class. I think you have to take a quarterback in every class. Yes, now. yes. Because it doesn't have to be a five star. No, but you need any qu- You need a quarterback in every class because yeah. you're going to have transfers. You just have to accept this fact.
2: Yeah, one hundred percent. And and plus, if for every five star you get, every few three stars you're going to get a Keen Slovis. Yeah, right? yeah. Every maybe every ten three stars you get a Keaton Slovis, but yeah. there's that still that, that chance. Uh, of that in the mix there. So I, I think if you're USC, this sucks if JT Daniels ends up transferring immediately because you want three scholarship quarterbacks the, and you would only have Keaton Slovis and Matt Fink. And as we've seen the last two years, as he has gone down to their third string quarterback, which is rare, but you need to be prepared to go there again, right? Uh, they do have Mo Hassan who transferred in from Vandy. He is a walk-on he did play a game. He beat ranked uh, Missouri, was it, in 2018?
3: And he he wasn't a walk-on at Vanderbilt. Right. So he is a scholarship-caliber player, I think we can say. But he's going to walk-on at USC. Yeah, so he helps the depth a little bit. And I wonder if he'll be a walk-on that that is betting on the possibility of there being an open scholarship at some point. I could see it. But th- that's based on my just own speculation, for the record.
2: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, at this rate, SC would probably give that to, like, the third string punter or something.
3: Well, that's that's the way USC does it.
2: So, yeah, yeah. So, uh,
3: yeah well, Mohassan helps,
2: but I think if the rule changes to where JT Daniels can transfer immediately and play and be eligible, expect SC to go out and get
3: somebody. I guess it depends on how much they like Mohasan.
2: Yeah, but I think you still could go out and get somebody, even if it's somebody, even if it's another Mohassan.
3: Right, but it here's my counter. You have Keaton Slovis, you have Matt Fink, you have Mohassan. If if you're looking at Mohassan... You, you have
2: Jake Garcia waiting in the wings. Who are you going to get? Is that what you're going to say?
3: No, I'm saying, like, why waste a scholarship to bring in another grad transfer when you've already brought in Mohassan? And if you think he's a grad uh, a scholarship-caliber player... Well, then you have walk on quarterbacks all, behind that have been in this, you know. Like, I don't know that you have to go spend one of those scholarships, which are valuable in terms of the rarity of them avail- available. I don't think you have yeah, to go get a fourth quarterback.
2: You don't have to get a fourth quarterback, but it all depends on how you look at Mohassan. If Mohassan, if you're looking at him like he is your third, yes, I think you're right. If you're looking at him like he's a walk on along the lines of Trevor Scully, then, yeah, you need to go out and get a new quarterback. And it, it all depends on where they see him and how much but they also, value him.
3: But also, again, if JT Daniels leaves, then that means that you're in a scenario where JT Daniels is leaving because the NCAA instituted that transfer change now. Which means other which players means will, will be leave. other quarterbacks available. Yeah. You can go out, and maybe, you, and maybe right. that's the best-case scenario for USC. They trade JT Daniels for rando transfer quarterback who has two or three years of eligibility remaining, So then next year when they bring in Jake Garcia, if they miss out on Miller Moss, who, by the way, dropped his top four on Thursday and he's got USC, UCLA, Alabama and LSU in that top four. But if USC is is in a scenario where they don't have to bank on the possibility of getting two, you know, top tier quarterbacks from the class of 2021, maybe that's how you fix this whole problem. You find a transfer quarterback who has a few years of eligibility on the table that you can then shore up your depth for not just this coming year but the year after and the year after.
2: Yeah, I think in a perfect world you'd find your backup quarterback,
3: right? Yes. Yeah. Be- because I think you're, at some you're, point you're you Matt have, Fink replacement.
2: Yes, because you at some point you have to to think Matt Fink could either ultimately cash in and go out and be a grad transfer somewhere and just play out a senior season at Slippery Rock or something or he could go pro in something other than sports.
3: Well, Matt Fink only has one year of eligibility left. Right, but I'm saying so, that
2: that's but that's a that's an option that he has. Yeah, you need to be prepared just in case he does that too.
3: Can you imagine if Matt Fink went pro in something other than sports this May? Like, like a- I would be shocked. I, I now that you say it, like it makes perfect sense. But also, like then USC's in real trouble. Well, then you have to go out and get a
2: quarterback. Yes, absolutely, one thousand percent. You got to go out and get a quarterback. Uh, even if it's like a JUCO transfer or something, so that would change things uh, a lot. Uh, we got a tweet from John who says, "Which player who has transferred out of USC to another school has had the best on-field resume after leaving?" This is the easiest question we've ever got because there's just one obvious answer,
3: and and it's just like it's so obvious that there's no question about there's no second option.
2: Yeah, and there's there's been players who have, you know, had success. Jalen Green, uh uh Kenny
3: Bigelow was, Kenny Bigelow. was okay. Yep. Um, um Khalil Rogers was okay. B- Batiku? Yeah, Willa Batiku and Josh Matabebe seem to be doing okay at, yep. at Illinois. There are guys who have done okay or even quite uh, sorry, okay. Caleb Wilson? Caleb... K- even though that was a different situation? That's okay. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Caleb Wilson is, is probably one of the better ones on that list, but no one has gotten close to the player that you have in that you have yeah. in mind. Jarvis
2: Jones. He was an All-American and the SEC Defensive Player of the Year in 2012, which leads us to reminiscing, play the chimes, way back when there was a serious possibility. SEC could have had a linebacker core. Of Jarvis Jones, Manti Teo, and Vontez Perfect. Can you imagine? Perfect was committed. Mm -hmm. Jarvis Jones signed on the dotted line, was on the team. uh, And everyone and their mom thought Manti Teo was going to USC.
3: Well, and everyone and their mom was, like, convinced that Manti Teo was crying at his signing day thing because... He really didn't want to he was well, Remember he really when Juju to to, signed? And oh, Juju, he looked so he, Juju
2: looked so sad that he yeah. wasn't going to Oregon? Yeah, I remember that too. So, and, and both those guys made the right decision for them. They yeah. on they had great careers. But, but
3: that linebacker core would have been unreal. Unreal. And it would have been replacing the linebacker
2: core that SC had that was unreal. Yes. So. A lot times. Yeah. Good old class of 2009. Uh, we we got a question sticking the quarterbacks from the Jet Press, fan sided Jet Site, New York Jets, J T S Jets Jess Jets. Rank the best USD quarterbacks of all time. Top
3: five, at least you go. We're talking all time in college, right? Yeah, of course. Okay, it's Carson Palmer, Matt Leinert, um, Rodney Pete, and then you get into the mix of I would go um we're, we're it's Donald 4, and then
2: 5th is a coin flip between Booty and Sanchez. You take Sanchez if you need to win one game, you take Booty if you need to win 10 games.
3: That's a fair assessment, yes. that You can also get into the argument of where do you put Hay- Pat Hayden in all of this, where do you put Mike Paul Ray in McDonald's? all of this, Paul McDonald, Pete um, Bethard? Bethard, yeah, where do, you put the, where do you put the national title winning quarterbacks in this? Well, I'm a big fan of Morley Drury, but... But if we're talking about like the best quarterbacks, like if we're saying like who if you could create a depth chart of four, the depth chart of four would absolutely be Matt Liner, Car- it would be it would be Carson Palmer, Matt Leiner, Sam Darnold, and Rodney Pete. And Rodney Pete. Yes. Those are your
2: four. One hundred percent. The fifth guy is the one that you argue about.
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and that's a, it would be it for me, it would be a toss up between Sanchez and Booty, depending on what day I was feeling generous to one or the other.
2: Yeah, that's, that's probably fair. Uh, both guys set records <laughs> in, the, in the Rose Bowl, uh, as did uh, certain uh,
3: Sam Darnold. But I do want to point out so the Jets press is is fan-sided Jet site, and so obviously they're interested in Sam Darnold. Um we had just been having a conversation about USC's all-time NFL quarterbacks and I have recently been do- putting something together looking at sort of NFL production for USC. And USC has had a lot of really great players in the NFL, but, like, not that many quarterbacks. So, if you want to, like, it's... Well, uh, hold on. They've had a lot of quarterbacks. They haven't had a lot of great quarterbacks. They haven't had
2: a lot of quarterbacks produce. Yes, well,
3: and that's what prompted our discussion, because our whole thing was, it's not USC's fault that the quarterbacks don't come in and produce. USC's job is to get them to win games in college and get them to a point where the NFL wants to draft them. From there, USC is... You know, obviously supportive of them, but there's nothing else USC can do about it. Right. So, you know, the the number of of quote-unquote quarterback busts out of USC is beside the point. Yeah, if, if Darnold ends up a bust, who cares? That's if you on Rose Darnold, play. and that's on the Jets, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, but when you're lo- talking about like all-time USC quarterbacks in the NFL, it's Carson Palmer, and it's like no one else. Uh, Bill Nelson is up there. Who? <laughs> exactly. Uh, Bill Nelson is up there... You know, uh, uh, Rodney Pete wasn't particularly successful. He,
2: he was just a journeyman, but like he, yeah. he wasn't, he wasn't a star in the NFL like he was in college.
3: I'm try- I think I think Jim Hardy is technically the like the next best USC quarterback in that sort of group, and then Pat Hayden. Like, so Sam Darnold can become one of the great USC NFL quarterbacks of all time very easily is what I is what I'm saying so yeah. we'll watch his watch his progress yep
2: yeah. uh next question comes from Dave in Utah how many of the players coaches or any staff has been diagnosed with covid-19
3: we have heard of zero who have been confirmed to be uh, uh positive for covid-19 i feel like if there was anybody that news that news will get out The advantage, though, of being in Los Angeles is that Los Angeles has actually done quite a good job of flattening the curve or or whatever sort of data metrics you want to use. Um, The stay-at-home order seems to be working in terms of the cases that are happening in Los Angeles. And so it's possible you know, we get through this whole thing without any major outbreaks on the football team. But we also haven't really heard anything. Have we even heard of a – I know that the NFL has had a couple of positive players now. But have we heard of any college football players uh, who have who have confirmed to have tested positive for this? Because
2: not that I know of, but that doesn't mean necessarily. That doesn't mean, mean that anything. they
3: haven't. Yeah, doesn't mean so. that they
2: haven't. That doesn't mean that just because we haven't been sick doesn't mean that we haven't been exposed right. to it either. So,
3: so that yeah, that I, might be information we'll learn well after the fact.
2: Yeah, I, I the the only USC related person uh, that the two people that we have know of for sure. Uh, one of them, uh, a family member of Michael Pittman. Yes. And the other one, Quentin Powell. And was Quentin Powell even confirmed to have had it or he just had the symptoms and he was in the hospital?
3: Yeah, that I don't know. He, I think he did have it. I don't know
2: it. if I ever found out that it was And unfortunately confirmed. I
3: did recently find out that Michael Pittman's, um, uncle did pass. Oh, well that's, that's no good. Yeah. So that's said. No bueno. And, and with that, we're going to have to awkwardly, as with all things coronavirus, we're going to have to awkwardly transition into, hey, we're talking about sports again. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, we can just
2: do that real awkward thing and just throw it to Brent break. That works too. Yeah, we'll be right back. All right, Alicia, let's move on here and start with a question from Busting Brackets. Fans said it's college basketball site. Who asks which of the incoming hoops transfers will have the biggest impact for the Trojans? At least I think I got the answer for this. I think it's Joshua Morgan, the six foot nine center from Sacramento, who's transferring from Long Beach State to USC. He'll sit out a year, but all big west uh, defensive player, the uh, freshman defensive player of the year.
3: Yeah. So if you're talking about like overall impact, he'll come in right when it's very useful because you don't know how long I- Isaiah Mobley and Evan Mobley are going to be around. Right. Um, so th- looking forward to the to the seasons after <laughs> those, then he, he could have a huge impact for USC. Yeah. Um, immediate impact. Uh, Santa Clara's uh, Taj Eddie was a productive starter for them for a year and, and it was a weird situation for why he sort of got taken out of the starting lineup so he is a guy who could step right in as a, as a guard and help you fill some gaps for usc but uh, those two guys are definitely the ones that stand out
2: all right moving back over to football Final on 24 says why is the recruiting emphasis seem to be far more important and urgent right now was the previous defensive regime inept
3: or lazy well, I mean, there was always the discussion that uh, Clancy Pendergast didn't recruit, so that's one recruiter off the board. Um, the other thing to take into account is that you know, aside from um, aside from the uh, Johnny Manson, the guys that USC had at the position, the the defensive coaching positions weren't super well known as like great recruiters. Chad Kahaha was a pretty decent recruiter. Um, Uh, Greg Burns was certainly an active recruiter, but there weren't any major heavy hitters in that group as far as as guys who were recruiting. But I think the underrated thing to consider here is that USC has actually improved their support staff significantly this offseason and that could be helping just as much as adding some really stellar recruiters like uh Dante Williams yeah. and like uh Craig Nivers pretty good and and uh Todd Orlando will recruit and then also Vic Soto everything we've heard from J- Virginia people I did a uh, a podcast on the Patreon with a, a Virginia um uh, reporter who was raving about Vic Soto's ability to recruit so those guys are all Probably upgrades as far as recruiting goes, but then on top of that, USC's actually upgraded the support staff around which recruiting happens.
2: Yeah, and the other thing I would say is there's nothing else to do right now. I mean, <laughs> but recruit. Yeah. So th- that has to be priority number one more than anything. So uh, that that makes it a little bit easier. I don't, you at least easier to focus on. I don't know if necessarily easier in general, but uh, that at least. Uh, help some focus a little bit uh LA Fred says is austin jackson a first rounder and does michael bitman go in the second round
3: so i just saw uh something that was talking about austin jackson as a first rounder in all the mock, tra- mock drafts he seems to be a mid sort of first rounder um so i would expect him to be to be there uh but you know if he were to fall like I guess that wouldn't be super surprising, but it 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 would still be unexpected. I think he will go in that first round range. That seems to be all the indications that we have that that, that that'll be the one for him. Michael Pittman's the intriguing one because under normal circumstances, Michael Pittman would be a first round pick. But there are so many wide receivers. It is ridiculous how many good wide receivers there are in this class. And so he could go in the second round and it, could say nothing about him as a prospect. Uh, I I think that that I would probably bet more on him being a second rounder than not. But if he were to fall into the third round again, like there are so many wide receivers, it just depends on how many teams decide to pick wide receivers early on.
2: Yeah, there, there's there's a bunch of dudes there: Ceedee Lamb, uh, Jefferson, and- Jerry Judy. Yeah.
3: Um, I mean, it's just... The, the dude uh, who won the Bolitnikov? The, uh, Jamar Chase? Chase.
2: Yeah, there, there's so many dudes, so many yeah. dudes over there. And that's the receiver. thing is,
3: if NFL teams look at this class of wide receivers and say, I don't need to use my first round pick on these dudes because dudes are going to be available later on, you could even see teams that in and of itself impacting second rounders moving to third rounders because if you get to the first round and one of those first round graded wide receivers is there... You're going to take him in that second round. You know, the, the the domino effect on this is going to be huge. So Michael Pittman, uh, pff, hell if I know where he goes, because so much of that is going to be related more about uh, how the draft itself plays out and less about where he stands as far as a prospect. Because we know that the NFL likes and We know that, that he is a, a somebody that a lot of people are talking about right now.
2: 100%. Uh, next one, and this will be our... Begin our descent into the off-topic stuff. Uh, Master of Gap says, do you play
3: FIFA or football manager? I, I play FIFA all the time. Yeah, we're, we're FIFA people. I've never played football manager. It's it's something that I hear all the time on my soccer podcast, and I don't... Is it... I've never played it. Is it the soccer version of
2: out-of-the-park baseball where it's just you're just managing... You're not playing?
3: See, that's what I've always assumed it was. But I don't know, because I've never played it, and I've never seen anyone else play it. But that seemed... The way that people talk about it is like that. Yeah. so I,
2: I, I love manager mode in FIFA. I... I Hate those
3: single player modes. See, and I love be a pro. Like I don't no, enjoy manager mode because I don't like dealing with rosters and all the I other love crap. With I like just being the player, and I actually find the gameplay of being the individual player very interesting. So oh, I'm it. weird like that. Uh, the only
2: one that the only game that I think excels at that is uh, Road of the Show from MLB the Show. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, uh, it, it all kind of suck. And that one, I only like playing as a catcher because... Then you're can, actually involved in everything? No, you're only involved when someone's stealing second. Oh, well,
3: that's boring.
2: No, that makes it easy because it sucks when you're playing left field and you're just standing there for every freaking pitch or whatever. Like, it gets frustrating. Oh, okay. Or like third base and they're just ground balls you gotta get. It's oh, annoying. <laughs> The absolute worst. Uh, let's go to a tweet from Chris. My question's a little more personal. How are you both? Don't play it off. Really dig deep with your feelings and tell us how you are.
3: Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna like take this genuinely. I am I am doing all right, but I am not doing great. Like I'm not thriving at this point. Um, I don't know how much of that is because. Of the quarantine, which frankly, like if I were to like give you the thousand feet view of it, like the quarantine doesn't really change much about my life because I'm a homebody anyways. And if you told me that I had to stay in my home forever, like that wouldn't really mess with me at all. Um, So that hasn't changed a lot for me. But um, I've had, you know, some personal family stuff going on. Uh, My both of my grandmothers died in a two week span. And um, the process of caring for my mom's mom in her final months was extremely draining um, physically and emotionally. So I don't know if I'm just like coming out of that in a weird state emotionally. And then being in quarantine is just like something that's adding to that or if I would be in this state no matter what. Because like I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to take it day by day and, you know, wake up at normal hours because that's my my depression speaks in sleep so i just start sleeping a lot and and uh that's where my struggle with the quarantine has been like waking up on time getting out of bed all of those kinds of things that i don't know if that's quarantine stuff or if that's just you know family deaths and you go through a, a depression and you deal with it yeah
2: it, it, everyone everyone deals with those things differently i mean, just like we all deal with the quarantine differently for mm-hmm. sure uh, it's all about moving forward and uh, just keep swimming.
3: Well how just are you doing, swimming. Michael? How am I doing? I just bared my soul to the to the podcast listeners. So let's do some soul-bearing over here. See, this is not good because the things that
2: I'm really sad about pale in comparison and make me look like a terrible human being. It's
3: you're not a terrible my grandparents dying pales in comparison to the people who are having their husbands or wives or gra- or or parents or siblings die. And my the people who died in my family didn't die of coronavirus. They were going to die no matter what. They were old women. So like, th- th- you can't compare tra- personal I know, tragedies. But, like
2: if I get in here and be like, "Well, what's got me down
3: is I've really been struggling on
2: Madden lately."
3: Like that <laughs> just sounds terrible. Tell, tell the people about Madden, Michael. Tell the people about your struggles, about your your trials and tribulations. So
2: th- this 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 league I'm in, uh. Along with Saman from Age Thursday, for the she, record, and I so many other. I'm awesome not. Dudes.
3: I'm not in this league specifically because of the stories you're about to tell about how frustratingly depressing oh. that league is.
2: Yeah. Well. Okay. So <laughs> I think I'm okay,
3: but the league by ha- okay I, by like like to put Michael's thing in perspective, like Michael is a is a is a decent to good. Madden player like I think if Michael played you would kick my butt and okay, I, think, I kick your butt. Yeah, but I'm bad at Madden. Aside from, But, like, I am, like, the normal... You know how they talk about how, like, we need to... At, at, like, the Olympics, you need to have, like, the normal person do the thing so you can truly understand how fast these humans are and how, you know... Yeah, and I'm, I'm the normal person in the league. No, no, no. I'm the normal person to you where, like, if you put me in that league, I would not... Not only would I not win a game, I wouldn't win a game by less than 40 points, but you're in this league, and like so you by the very nature that you were able to win a game or two in this league means that you are better than average, Michael sure. the the play- now that we've set the groundwork oh, there, God. tell the people your failure. <laughs> okay, let me tell you about freaking Thursday
2: night's game. um two interceptions at the goal line, including, well, one interception at the goal line. The other one was a fourth down incomplete pass in which I tried to run the Philly special why, on fourth down, which is probably my fault. Why
3: did you uh, – well, yes, but why did you throw that first interception, Michael, at the goal line? I'm trying
2: to develop my my tight end and get him some freaking touchdowns so I can get him some
3: development points. So you're force-feeding your tight end at the goal line, throwing into, like, you, triple coverage. You, of people,
2: should love that. I, sh-
3: I should love it, but I like winning games more then you're the only football that i have around me. like michael and i are quarantined together. the only football i get to watch right now is watching you play Madden. so like which is
2: very depressing.
3: I mean it is because i watch you and i'm sitting there going like like are you T Martin or something like that? like it's the goal line. like stop okay. being Okay,
2: well, let's talk about happier things. <laughs> let's get to Jen's question. How are you dealing with depression and anxiety during the quarantine? <laughs>
3: I mean, I already I already mentioned. A, I am depressed. I'm actually not very anxious. I I do I am an anxious person, and I haven't had any um anxiety issues during the quarantine, so that's been good. Uh, but uh, but yeah, the the depression is real, and I um probably need to do a much better job of exercising because I literally haven't. But exercising has always been very very helpful for me with dealing with depression um on top of antidepressants and meditation and all of that kind of stuff. So, uh yeah, I need I, I like per, I under like the, you know what the most frustrating thing about depression is, Michael? Is all of it? Well, it's all, all bad. All of it. But like the most frustrating thing about depression for for like someone like me who I am on antidepressants, I know I've been to therapy, I know exactly what I need to do in order to get at steady levels to deal with this, to like cope with this. I know all of those things. And yet I wake up every morning and it's like, I'm tired. I'm going to stay in bed. <laughs> and it's like the irrational, that's, like. That's how I, I
2: treat depression. Just yeah, roll over and go to sleep. Yeah.
3: So like the irrational responses No, when I know the logically what I need to do to fix this thing. It's like, it's like if you like cut your finger and you knew that you need to put a bandaid on it. But like you just decided that, nah, I'm not going to put the bandaid on. I'm literally just going to sit here and stare at that cut while it bleeds like. It's, it's like I'm annoyed at how how irrationally stupid I am sometimes when it comes to coping with this thing that I know how to cope with, but I don't cope with it. Like, does that make sense?
2: Well, I mean, you're talking to someone who is force feeding a tight end, even though I know that it's probably going to end up an in interception. <laughs> so, yes, I can. Of course, you this. know. Of course, yes, you really. I, yes, I, I get it. Yes. Good times.
3: We want to find the next happier thing to, to talk about? In this yeah. Program. Samuel
2: says, how long can you feasibly last in this quarantine before going qu- crazy? I could last forever. Oh. Honestly, like, I don't think people understand me living in Arizona. This is my life. I don't go anywhere. I don't go out to restaurants. I, I only get takeout. I only get drive through I only have my groceries delivered. I don't go anywhere because, A, I'm weird, but B... I just, I don't like interacting with people. I I don't have family and friends out there. It's easier for me to just, on a Thursday night, go home, work from home on Friday, and not leave my apartments at all until Monday. It's very simple. That's what I do on a weekly basis. So, quarantine is no different for me in my regular life.
3: Yeah, I'm very similar. The difference between me and you on that score is that I have a giant family and they all live close. So, like... The difference would be I would start to feel the strain of not having like the family gatherings after a little while. But at the same time, I've also I've always been a homebody. I've always been somebody who is better at entertaining myself than interacting with other humans. So I would get really, really good at all the crochet projects that I'm working on. I would spend a lot of time watching Netflix and playing video games and playing GeoGuessr, our newest obsession. Like I'm so
2: glad you're, you're into you it. You
3: have like 100% like, thro- you threw the GeoGuessr grenade into my life and then you, st- you stood there and watched it explode with glee.
2: Uh, well, the greatest part about this is, and I, I say this with love, you're bad at it. I but am. You still,
3: you still enjoy I it. Am. And I'm like, this is cool. But you know what? I'm getting better. I'm getting better. Like, yeah, for, for sure. instance, you know what? You know how I got? Okay, I was before we started recording. Uh, to, as a break from my work, I I, I played around, a and okay, for people who don't, know, don't know, GeoGuessr is a game online where, you know, like Google Street View, you take it. It takes Google Street View and it drops you somewhere randomly in the middle of the of the world, somewhere random. And you only can see the street view. And so you sort of look around in the street view and go down the street and street view and you try to figure out where you are. And then there's a map and you zoom into that map and then you place a little pin and you and after the time limits done or after you're, you've sufficiently guessed, um, you find out how close to the pin you were and you get points based on your proximity to the actual pin. So, like, if you get right on top of it or near it, you get a perfect score. If you, The farther away you are, the more miles you are, the lower your score is, right? So, we were watching GeoWizard on YouTube because this is what we do. We watch GeoWizard I, I turned you on to this YouTube, guy. YouTube, yeah. yes. And he was doing a round and he was talking to the hardest place to guess. What is the hardest place to guess? Russia. Russia. Okay, why? Because acrylic the alphabet is yeah. not
2: so, so here's here's a little pro tip about geogassers and getting really nerdy i feel like i've talked about this before but the languages the, the hardest places are latin america and russia and the reason is because of language uh in russia uh you get the acrylic language uh, you you get that in like georgia and you get it in kazakhstan and all those other similar countries right and the acrylic letters, you can't read them unless you know the acrylic alphabet, which I don't. And so the similar issue you get in uh, every anywhere from Mexico all the way down to Argentina, where it's just Spanish. And everyone's Spanish is the same roughly when you see it written out. Whereas in Europe, you can look at German and you know that that's German. You can look at Polish and you know that that's Polish. Based on the letters and based on the accents, Swedish and Swedish, Swedish and, and, and
3: sw- Norwegian, Norwegian, are all Swedish, and different. Finnish
2: all look different, even though they're countries that border each other. So yeah. it's it's wild that that Spanish and Russian are the most frustrating, even as because even Spanish the Asian
3: languages, are, you can tell the difference between the Chinese yes. characters, the Korean characters, and the Japanese characters. and the and the Indonesian yes. characters, and Indian the, and, uh, yeah, the, and the, the uh, Sri
2: Lankan characters. Like yeah. they all. All the characters themselves are distinct, which makes it easier to guess the countries, not necessarily where exactly you are. But Russia, the most difficult because it's so huge. And if you guess one end of Russian to the other end, you're going to get like zero
3: points. Well, so that's what we were watching GeoWizard. And GeoWizard was making a guess that was based on nothing because he knew he was in something with acrylic letters and he wasn't sure. So he was like, here's what you do. You put it in Ukraine... Because if it's in Ukraine, then you're in Ukraine and great. And if it's in Russia, usually it's in the the, the areas that are European bordering part. that side. So you, you're not gonna get a super low score, you'll get a low score, but you'll get some points. So I was doing around and, and it was I in saw, the Ukraine. I saw acrylic and I was like, I don't know, and I'm out of time, so I have to make a guess, and I thought, where am I gonna put this? And at first I put it like near Moscow, and I was like, no, 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 no. GeoWizard said, Put it in Ukraine, and that way at least you'll know you're either in, you're, you'll get some points if you're in Russia, but also if you're in any of the How acrylic languages. I was in, I was, it was on the other side of Ukraine, but I got like 3,000 points for it there out of 5,000. So it was like, see, I'm getting better. But, and now, for instance, in another round, I mistook the. People are the, turning this off less <laughs> than know, right, by the way. I know. I mistook the Tunisian flag. I thought it was the Turkish flag. Mm-hmm. and Easy to do. so now i know what the tunisian flag looks like so next time i get a thing in tunisia and i see a flag at some point boom. you'll do the same with texas and chile um, yeah maybe maybe
2: <laughs> i hope not yeah uh but
3: so, uh yeah it, so it, basically we just like we could go forever just playing if so long as we had computers and internet connection and can play geo wizard geo guesser then I think you and I could survive the quarantine for a long, long time.
2: Yeah. F you, depression and anxiety. Geoguessers <laughs> got this. We got it. Uh, L.A. Friend says, if you could have a 15-minute conversation with either your past self or your future self, which would you choose and why? Nothing is off-limits to talk about or advise, but you cannot offer a Biff, Back to the Future, Almanac, or similar words only.
3: Hmm. Okay. I would talk to my past self um, because like if I had I guess if I had to if I had a conversation with my future self, my future self could tell me stuff, which would be nice. But also, I kind of don't want to know. Like I I like I like that. Like I like the blissful ignorance of not knowing what's going to happen in my future. Um, I know that maybe is weird, but like if I knew what was going to happen, then I might screw it up or I might like sure. overthink it or whatever. Well,
2: I think if, what happens if you talk to your past self and you give them advice that changes everything? Do you even become your current
3: self? Yeah, that's a, that's a, and, and is I, it for I, the I, better or for the worse? That's the yeah. big question. Um, Hmm. Well, so, so my first answer, not to overthink it. My first answer was, would be to talk to my past self and I would talk to myself around like, 18 or 19. And I would tell myself not to care what other people think quite so much. Like it really doesn't matter. Um, You're going to get over this. You're going to like get more comfortable with who you are and what you think and not have to frame everything through um, what are people thinking of me doing this and you will live a much less anxious life.
2: cannot fathom I'd also taking pro- you up on that i'd
3: right? also probably tell my 18- what, what
2: people think it's the most
3: important no, no. thing ever no no no, like, no but i about? i'd tell my 18 year old self i tell my 18 year self don't be an idiot and wait 10 years to do this go to therapy now um that is my ultimate advice to everybody like don't be the idiot like me who waited 10 years to go to therapy just go to therapy yeah i don't know i'm, I'm st- i think i still need that advice but Hmm. i i am very aware of this (laughs) wow thanks for just throwing me under the bus on the pod Jeez, that's what i do
2: i i don't know i always find these very uncomfortable i don't i don't know what i'd say to my past self because i think that i needed to learn i think you need to learn your
3: lessons on your own yeah that's the other thing
2: and if i talk to my future self what if i find out something i don't want to know um I, I just I don't I, I don't know. I, I these all, these are always struggling questions for me. I don't know oh, that I'd want to talk oh, to either one.
3: I would tell my past self to put money on Leicester City winning the Premier League title in two thousand. No, invest in Yahoo. No, oh, Invest in Zoom. <laughs> I tell my past <laughs> self to invest in Zoom. There you go. That's a good one. Uh Samuel says, What's
2: worse? What's worse, ketchup or mustard? Easily. Mustard. mustard. Ketchup is, like, amazing. Mustard is absolutely trash.
3: Ketchup is the most basic, like, uh, condiment that goes with the most things that is the safest for use across the board. Mustard, I've come around a little bit on mustard, but, like, it's still a very dangerous thing to use. It's trash. 100% trash.
2: All, all mustards. Samuel also says, if you got stuck and were forced to quarantine in a different state, what state would you choose and why? I am going to
3: say... Um, so I can't quarantine in California? California. no. So I want
2: to say something like Wyoming. Because to go back to GeoGuessr, I was just playing around a few days ago and it was around the Grand Tetons. I'm like, this would be so cool just to be able to drive this, stay in your car, you can stay quarantined. It'd be cool just to take a, take a drive around some like pretty landscapes and whatnot. But then I thought about it. If you're like in the rural areas, are you? Do you have access to fast internet? Hmm, that's a problem. So, see, so, so maybe somewhere like Seattle where you have access to taking a pretty two hour drive. But you still have access to good internet.
3: That is a good point. Hmm. Or like Vancouver. Because my first thought was like Arizona. Because everywhere in Arizona has air conditioning. Mm-hmm. So if we're talking about the summer, I'd want somewhere where I could be guaranteed air conditioning. And you
2: don't have to go out in the
3: and heat. And you wouldn't be going out in the summer anyways in Arizona. So like it would be very normal-ish. And to your point, like, the drive thing, like, you could drive to Sedona. I'd be down, I'd be down to drive to Sedona. Yeah, you, you could drive to Sedona. See some pretty things, so. You couldn't do the Grand Canyon. No, because it's all closed.
2: Yeah, Highway 64 is closed, so uh, you couldn't do that. But you, you could you could do Sedona. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a good one. Uh, Dave says, we know Michael is writing out the quarantine life. And it's not changed his life too much. And Alicia missed out on some pretty important family functions. But what is the best thing about this forced shelter in place and what's the low key pain in the ass, frustrating thing about it that's surprising to you?
3: Um the the best thing has been not having plans that I hope get broken. Like do you well like do you ever make plans with people like oh we should hang out or oh do you want to go do this thing or that thing and it's like yeah sure and then the day comes and you're like Meh, i'd rather not like I've, i haven't had like a Meh, i'd rather not really during the quarantine so like i appreciate that um the the biggest pain in the butt is like uh, i mean the the biggest high key pain in the butt is no sports but I don't think that's the like the yeah low key. the the,
2: the, su- the surprising one I guess is that there's just a lot of things from Amazon you can't order right now.
3: That yes, the length of time that it takes for things to get here if you were to order it, and and because obviously two to, first two world proms, to Amazon right? Prime shipping is like the my my life. But, and
2: but there's a lot of things like we know that food is on a shortage, but like you know if you order a webcam, it's like a two month delivery right now because. Everyone's bought webcams? Yeah. Yeah, It's it's like uh, fans
3: in the summer at... uh, Oh, can you imagine what the fan situation in the summer is going to be like? Jeez, buy them now. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Yeah, that's... The first... I remember
3: when I was working at Target, I would always laugh. The first heat wave of the year would always get the stream of people. And then you have box fans? All sold out. They'd run in sweatier than... A pig
2: on Easter, and they're just like box fans. You got them? Nope. Okay, bye. And they
3: just immediately leave. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a certainly a struggle. Yep. But you know, that's uh, that's again that is a, the, but a first world problem. I think is the answer to his question. Like the first world problems. You know, I'm hoping that by the time I get low on toilet paper, people will have calmed the heck out about it. That'd be a plus. and I won't have an issue of locating that. Oh, but, I I feel bad.
2: I'm someone who buys a lot of soda, they drink a lot of soda,
3: and so which I currently feel bad my my mini fridge in the rot studio needs a refill is empty on not only your soda but almost my soda too. So
2: yeah, well, we're gonna need to mask up and go to Ralph's. But yeah,
3: the the key is that
2: I love to get soda, and I will go to the store. And because I don't like going to the store that often, I'll buy like six two liters of Diet Pepsi. <laughs> normally, I, like, I do this on a normal basis, right? It, or I'll order it from Amazon, like whatever. So now I look like an absolute dick if I go to the store. look like a hoarder. <laughs> I look like a hoarder and like I, I feel guilty, but I'm like, but this is what I would normally buy. Like, and I don't know how to convey that.
3: Don't worry, I'm having a party. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that, that that doesn't work.
3: Not not help matters.
2: Uh Dave's last question, can I trademark my weight gain joke by saying that there was a freshman 15 but now the COVID-19?
3: I've definitely um committed to gaining the COVID-19. So I, yes, you may trademark that.
2: I I hope you do and I hope it's original because as soon as I heard it I'm like this is amazing. I'm now going to tell everybody and <laughs> steal it from you, Dave. <laughs> Yeah, have be you got f- the COVID nineteen yet?
3: What? No. Oh, what are you doing? You staying healthy? Like it's a great are little you, joke. Are you running? Are you are you one of those people who go out running? No. Yeah, I need to be one of those people that goes out running, yeah. but I have not been.
2: Well, now's your opportunity to go out and run because we're gonna run and see you later. So thanks for listening. As always, more stuff over on Patreon. We're right now we're about to record a core time. Let's take it inside about board games. So go over to Patreon and listen to that. Patreon.com slash Troy, where you can get all of our bonus content. Lisa, you got a final word?
3: The final word is anxiety. As in having to give a final word is the thing that causes me the most anxiety
1: in my life.
2: (laughs) That is fair. All right. We'll we'll see you next time. See See ya.
1: See ya. See ya. At Parker, our purpose is simple.